Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, hello everyone, it's Susie here, Crypto Granny. The time is um, uh, 17.01, 5 o'clock p.m. in Amsterdam time, the Netherlands time, and it's the 27th of the 5th, 2021. We have got a lot to speak about today because uh, there's still a lot of volatility in the cryptocurrency market, which we'll go through, which really bothers me. Uh, When volatility is very, very high, uh, and you're not getting much of a rally, uh, I suspect that it may give up some of its gains, okay? And what we've got in the equity market is very low volatility at the moment in terms of the VIX. The VIX is around 18, right? And that's like at an all-time low. But yet there's huge volatility in the crypto market. If we look at Bitcoin, the average volatility for Bitcoin over a 30-day period is about 66%. And it's currently up at about 111, 112%. That's just for Bitcoin. So if we look at, say, something like XRP, its volatility is over 280% at the moment. And normally it's under 100. So we've still got massive volatility in this market. And that's why I got my clients just to buy in small, just a little bit in terms of 5,000 US dollars. And that was that. Because this volatility is still very, very high in the crypto market. Excuse me for a sec. Mm. So it's a bit of a worry, I have to say, and that's why I've been very uh, cautious, I have to say. So if we look at the cryptocurrency market, the mind cap today is 1.772 bill, so that's increased. The volume's a hun- sorry, the market cap, I should say, is 1.772 trill. The volume is 100 bill, liquidity is 3.856 bill, and Bitcoin dominance is still hovering around 42.32%. 
So Bitcoin dominance has gone up a little bit. We have seen around 36% uh, at the top of the bull market. And then we've obviously, as the sell-offs happen, Bitcoin dominance is going up again because Bitcoin's been holding up better than some of the altcoins. So let's just go through the news. And then what I'll do is um, I'll also talk about the fiat markets as well. But before we do that, let's just go to Mazari and look at the volume done uh, on Tether. 37.11 bill, Ethereum 11.65 bill, Bitcoin 9.77 bill, Binance USD 5.5, Polygon Matic uh, is now in the top 20 and it's 5.15 bin that was done overnight. It's done extremely well, Polygon. We've been a bar of that uh, and it's done incredibly well. Binance 2.57 bill, uh, ADA, it did uh, 2.5 uh, bill, XRP 1.99 bill, then you've got uh, Link, EOS, Polkadot, L Dodge, Litecoin, Ethereum Classic, Yuck, VeChain, and Engine. So if we look at the news now, uh, PayPal, they said they're going bigger into crypto where you'll be able to withdraw your crypto on their platform to a third party wallet, which is interesting. It doesn't surprise me because PayPal are making a huge amount of money, okay? They make more in this business than they do their underlying business, okay? So that does not surprise me in the least that they're actually going they're going more into crypto. And it's like Square. Square went into crypto and they've made more through crypto than they have in their other businesses, which is which is quite outstanding. Also, uh, one of the biggest investors in the stock market, Carl Icon, is talking about buying one point five billion of crypto or so. Uh, and we know that Apple's looking for people within uh, within their business for crypto experience, okay? But on the same side, we've got the US regulators jawboning about bringing in regulation for crypto. Uh, you know, the regulators are urgently working on a joint cryptocurrency uh, regulation. And federal Quiles said that it's, federal governor Quiles said it's a high priority. So they're doing it with the Fed the OCC, which is the Office of Controller of Control, what a weird name, and the Federal Deposit and Insurance Company. And they say they're going to have the results fairly quickly. Well, they better because H&R Block, who taxes people on crypto, basically said to the Fed, look, there's no regulation. We don't know how to tax people, you know. And here's the Fed saying, oh, look, you know, and Biden Oh, gee, you know, you've got to report now, you know, anything over $10,000 to the IRS to strengthen tax compliance and tax enforcement and tax evasion to stop tax evasion. So, the, you know, the US Treasury is basically saying you've got to collect this data now, the IRS, and we need to ID people. We need to know the ownership of those cryptos. And also the, they're expecting the US Treasury to get $700 billion from the so-called tax evasion tax evasion people in the US. And that doesn't surprise me at all either because the US is seriously broke, okay? And that's what they do. Governments, when they're broke and mishandle the, the fortunes of the country badly, I mean, my cats could have done a better job, my 18-year-old cats, fair income, they then tax people, right? So it's also got to do with this universal tax floor, right, for companies of 15%. So I guess the thing is now, if you are under USA jurisdiction, then, you know, and you're in a cheap tax area, uh, whether it be a state or whatever, you know, the federal government saying we want a, a minimum floor right across Europe and everywhere of tax of 15%, a corporate 
business tax rate. And that's going to be very interesting, uh, particularly because Biden, President Biden is looking for more income from people to obviously, you know, support his trillion dollar programs into infrastructure and, and middle uh, class and all this sort of thing, which we'll talk about later. And the question is, where does this money come from, right? They don't get it from the poor people on the ground that are working their bums off and we're experiencing stag inflation of 25% and wages are going down every second of the day. They're not keeping up with the cost of living. You know, where is this money going to come from? They're just going to keep issuing US dollar bonds, right? Into the market. The Fed borrows from the market, the investors. And if China doesn't buy those bonds or Japan, where are they going to get this money from? Because every time they issue more and more bonds into the market, they are selling US dollars, right? And that's a fact. And you see, we've seen that in history, economic history with Germany, you know, uh, after the crash of 1929, we saw the Reichmarks was worth nothing because they kept printing and printing and printing more money. And what would happen is someone would go to shop in the morning, the loaf of bread was 100, you know, Deutschmarks, whatever it was. In the afternoon, they'd go there again and a loaf of bread was like 300 Deutschmark. So, you know, it became, the paper became worthless, right? And in Germany at the time, they looked at every other uh, currency rather than Deutschmark because it was absolutely worthless, right? And, you know, history always repeats itself. Seriously, it really does. Okay, so the US regulators are now madly going around trying to uh, hire skilled people in crypto specialists. Now, they should have done this four years ago. They're so behind the curve. It is a joke. Fair income. And even in Spain now, you've got, you know, the regulators saying, you, ha you know, all the crypto exchanges have to report who owns the coins, right? So, you know, they're all trying to come down on this crypto story and they're trying to get, you know, uh, you know, taxes out of people, more and more taxes, okay? Now, Iran uh, has banned crypto mining for four months simply because with crypto mining, as you know, with Bitcoin and Ethereum, it causes so much usage of electricity and power, right? To run the programs, to run the ledger, to mine the crypto, and the electricity usage is huge. And what's happening in Iran at the moment is there's huge blackouts across the country affecting businesses and households everywhere. And these blackouts were, would last for six to 10 hours, right? And you can't live that way. So the government's actually banned the mining of crypto for four months, okay? And we know the Chinese are out there trying to ban everything. And also in Hong Kong, they're trying to ban everything because as you know, the Chinese now own Hong Kong since 1997. Before that, the Brits owned Hong Kong. And that's going to be very problematic because in Hong Kong, you know, they're used to living under a British rule. And now the Chinese are trying to regulate everything from free speech to everything, okay? So there's going to be some interesting, you know, fights over in Hong Kong, that's for sure. Now, Ripple uh, came out and they've got a new NFT project. And again, this is an Ethereum killer. There are so many Ethereum killers out there and Ripple's one of them, right? They've, they've created this uh, new project with their, their uh, technology of RippleNet to combat high fees and mint fees, right? So when you mint coins on the ledger, right? Ripple has announced a private uh, central bank digital currency ledger for central, central banks as well. The central banks, they can develop, issue 
and manage their own secure, controlled and flexible digital cryptocurrencies, right? And that's a great story, right? Seriously, XRP should be so much higher than where it is, fair dinkum. And um, also, France's central bank is looking into XRP to issue a digital euro. Now, if that happens, XRP will go through the roof, okay? Now, there was something I got from uh, uh, just a contact through the market today, and it, it, it was sort of interesting. I want to pull this up because, you know, I'm very unfamiliar with this story, but I will bring it to your attention. Uh, this is from a fellow called Nicky, and um, he, he said to me about, um, there's something about dual ledgers, right? And um, XRP asset price could be set, uh, you know, at a, at a different level. So say the token was worth, you know, or, or the coin was worth $1,000 per coin. Uh, they could literally set their own uh, token price for XRP, right? Uh, and I don't know what this is about, but I really need to look into this because it's it's very interesting to me what this fellow said. And I need to find out a bit more about this because if this is sort of real, it means that XRP's price could go up quite a lot. So I do need to look at that, okay, uh, people? But look, you know, Ripple itself is an Ethereum killer, okay? And that's a fact, right? Now, we know the ongoing lawsuit with Ripple and the SEC keeps going on and is driving everyone crazy. I mean, Ripple want to IPO after the SEC lawsuit, okay? But, you know, now the SEC has asked for, listen to it, uh, it's asked for post-complaints for XRP transaction records. For heaven's sakes, this just goes on and on and on. I mean, the SEC are like a dog with a bone, Right? They're broke. They're like the tax collectors for the federal government in the US. And honestly, they need $1.5 billion from XRP, from Ripple, because they're just broke, right? Broke, broke, broke. You know, and this just goes on and on, right? Seriously, it really does. So, you know, I, they are. They're like a dog with a bone, fair income. And this new regulation they're trying to put through quickly, according to federal calls, Fed governor calls. I mean... You know, like any regulation, it's going to be, you know, there'll be problems with it because they're not practitioners, right? These people that sit in these ivory towers in government, they're just not practitioners. They're more academics, right? And it's always a problem for the market. It's problematic because they have no idea about markets or liquidity or anything. And often with new regulation, it's so overcompliant, right? It takes out the liquidity in the market, right? Just like the regulation that came through after the 09 stock market crash, and I know because I was a trader, all the banks stopped uh, proprietary traders that manage or trade with the bank's own cash, right? Because of all this new compliance. And what happened with that is it took out the liquidity in the market. So traders might be on the opposite side of a deal, you're selling or buying, we'd be on the opposite side of the deal, and that provided liquidity. But when all the prop traders were got rid of, and all the banks did it after 09, where they didn't manage, they didn't have prop traders managing their own money, it took out the liquidity in the market. So if anything, the market is more illiquid today than it was, you know, uh, before 08, okay? And I know that for a fact, right? And this is why when we see markets go down over the cliff, they go down fast. 
Markets do not wait for anyone, right? That's a fact. And markets can turn on its heels just like that. You know, I had a couple of clients that didn't sell when I gave out that sell and they sort of blame me, but you cannot blame me. It's ridiculous because markets give you money and you cannot be too greedy. And when it's given you so much money, like a 400% return over a three-month period, annualize that by four, when it's given you a 1,600% return, you take the money and run, okay? Because markets are vicious, right? And I've been in markets for too long to know how vicious they can be on the downside. You know, again, up the stairs, down the cliff, right? Down the elevator, down the cliff. Panic comes into markets when people are selling. People sell and they're panicked, right? And they'll sell, you know, at any levels. Now, this market to me still doesn't look right, okay? If I look at Bitcoin, I'm still concerned because Bitcoin, according to me, let me just go into my charts, Bitcoin at the moment, right? It's at uh, 39872, according to TradeView, right? Now, if I put that on a four hour, and I'm just going to look at that now as we speak, right? The 200 day moving average over a four hour doesn't come in until 48543, right? And the price action is still under the 200 day moving average over a four hour. And that's negative. If I put it on a, a, a daily, you know, the 200-day moving average comes in at 36398, right? But Bitcoin to be off to the races needs to break through 42,000. Uh, on my chart, it's 42167, okay? So this is what I'm concerned about. If this doesn't bounce in the next couple of days, I think we're going to get more sell-off. That's my view, okay? And that's why I'm being very, uh, you know, very... I'm not taking on big positions, okay? Because the volatility of Bitcoin, which is the risk at the moment, is around 111% uh, compared to much lower volatility in the past. And when you've got huge volatility like this, you've got to be concerned because when you look at the equity market volatility, the COVO VIX index, it's only around 18%, right? And the equity market, which is a risk market, looks like it's rolling over to me. In other words, it's a sell, 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 sell. And that makes sense with my thesis simply because interest rates are too low and we have stagflation where, you know, prices are out of control for everything. Utilities, housing, rent, you name it, right? Food, everything, you know, transport, anything. You know, take your kids to school, anything, right? So it's pretty, pretty bad, okay? And I still believe the bears are in control of this market. I've got to be, you know, it's got to hit certain levels for me to be bullish, right? And there's a lot of expiry of Bitcoin options on Friday of 2.1 billion. Now, I don't know, uh, you know, I haven't looked at the put, whether it puts, bought puts or bought calls, but I suspect they are bought puts, right? With lower strike prices where than where Bitcoin is today, which will push this market down, okay? So if I'm wrong, I'm, it's opportunity cost, right? But if I'm right, then, you know, I need to look at, you know, our positions and think, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to sell out? So I think tomorrow for me is going to be a very telling day, I have to say, in terms of the technicals, okay? And that's a fact. So uh, we'll just have to see on that one. 
Now, Matic Polygon, we know it's done extremely well and it's in the top 20. They've launched and released its first ever SDK, uh, which I don't know what that means, but it's meant it's some you know thing to support developers who want to deploy. Uh, you, you want to deploy their own chain that is compatible with Ethereum blockchain, right? Now, you know, Matic itself, Polygon, is an Ethereum killer, another Ethereum killer, Ethereum killer, okay? So on Polygon, you can have multi-chains, right? And basically, it's compatible with Ethereum as well. So Matic put on another client yesterday, over and above Ethereum, uh, RNEVM, right? Now, even if Ethereum went to their protocol number two, it's still killing itself because the fees are so high. They have miners, right? And, you know, the transactions are through the roof, the fees for transactions, right? And they are so slow when markets implode like they did, you know, on the 19th or whatever it was, right? You know, you can't even get dealt, which is a joke, right? Now, Ada Cardano hit one million wallets, and it's because they have incredible staking and also their system, they have multi-chain type ledgers, is incredible. And Hoskins said that Ethereum is overrated. It's too expensive for what it is. And they have so many problems. It's a joke. And Cardano is a much better system. Now, I believe Charles Hoskinson. I believe Ethereum is a joke. I believe it is way too high for what it is, honestly. At $2,814 and the fees it's generating and what it's charging clients is a joke. And there are many other Ethereum killers out there. Many, many uh, mainnets have their own smart contract platforms. They're a dime a dozen, okay, like the Aussies say. They're a dime a dozen babies in the woods. Now, Polkadot, again, is another Ethereum killer. And we love Polkadot too, and Polygon, and Link, right? And, you know, Polkadot, right? They've released this Moonbeam, a blockchain project, and they built it in January 2020, right? As a way to tackle cross-chain interoperability challenges, right? And, you know, it's a smart contract platform with Parachain, where projects can create their own blockchain on Polkadot and they don't have to pay the fees of Ethereum or have to wait for things to be transacted because of the miners that are greedy and cherry-pick the high fees. And of course they do, right? So, you know, again, Polkadot's an Ethereum killer. Absolutely, right? And honestly, I don't know why Ethereum is still up here. You know, the fund managers that are buying it, the funny managers have got no idea. They're buying it because it's a second coin. But, you know, it's got a lot of problems with it, right? A lot of problems, that's for sure. Now, uh, Nebraska signs a law to authorise state banks to custody crypto, which is great. And also Texas is looking at that as well, which is very progressive, much more progressive than the federal government, I have to say. Uh, Coinbase leads a $6 million funding initiative for an Indonesian cryptocurrency exchange called Pintu. And that's interesting. Why would they be in Indonesia? I mean, I can only think Indonesia, which is near Australia, is a huge populace, right? There's about 350 or 360 million people in Indonesia. And I'm assuming they like to gamble, right? Uh, also in this investment was Pantera, and they're always there, Pantera Capital, they're always there making money and block ventures as well, okay? So, 
what we've got at the moment uh, in terms of crypto land, engine did very well. We bought engine at 99 cents. Uh, you know, it's done extremely well because it had an airdrop of 50,000 uh, engine, I think. And so that's done extremely well. Swipe's done incredibly well. We bought that. ISX, OKEX, Chiles has done extremely well, but still very cheap. Powerledge has done well, really cheap. Crow's really cheap, but it's done extremely well. Tron, you know, we bought at six cents and Tron is cheap, right? Honestly, so cheap. You know, Tezos, we bought at $3 and it's over four bucks now and CVC, right? And a few others, you know, and they've done very well. But again, I'm looking very carefully at how this this market goes because as I said, the risk metrics are still really high. Volatility is still through the roof, okay? And we cannot ignore that. You know, it's an important parameter in these markets and we cannot ignore that. Let me just have a glass of water for a minute. Mm. So we do have to be mindful. And all my trading models are still saying down, okay? So we look at the social media, worldwide searches was Polygon, Gitcoin, never heard of it, Shiba, Yuck, Quickswap, Yuck, Marlin, Yuck, Pancake Bunny, uh, sorry, Pancake Bunny, Yuck, Dexit, Dexit Kit or something, Yuck. And then uh, Luna Lash is talking about Link, I like them, Scale, I don't know who they are, Bakery, Toki, Yuck. Talking about Chiles, which I love, Thorchain, XRP, Uniswap, Ren, EOS, and decentralized uh, land, and uh, also what Marlin, okay? But um, also want to get back to volatility. As I said, XRP at the moment's volatility is 208%, and normally it's 75 and Ethereum's volatility is 187%. And these elevated volatility levels, as I said, and I know I'm repeating myself, but it's very important, make me very nervous about this market, Okay. And that's why I've said to my clients, we're only spending a little bit of money, right? So let's talk about the equity market. Now, the equity market was very mixed last night. It looks heavy to me, the equity market. I am actively selling the NASDAQ, okay? And the NASDAQ is we, uh, right now is 13,709. It's hitting a top at 13,725. And that's pretty much where the market was sold down yesterday as well. Now, I believe the equity market in the US is so expensive, it is a joke. It's 25 times forward earnings on a PE basis. But also, there's a double top or a triple top in all markets. And if you look at the DAX and other equity markets, you've got the same story. And I'm actively selling, okay? Because the interest rates are going higher, whether you like it or not. And that is very negative for the equity market, okay? Extremely negative. Now, Royal Dutch Shell, and there was a landmark decision by the Dutch uh, court, and the Dutch are seriously smart, seriously. Uh, Royal Dutch Shell is going to ha have to think that they've been told they have to cut back on green emissions and, and pollution, okay? And, you know, this is a landmark decision, right? And this is going to affect all energy and oil companies, right? They lost the case and now they have to, you know, look at their emissions and everything else and buy carbon credits. And this is a landmark decision and it will create a lot of problems for all the energy and, uh, you know, oil companies out there that abuse the environment and, and everything else, okay? And I think that is a very good decision myself. Now, also the economics in the US, 
Uh, Biden is going to meet China, obviously, over these trade talks, right? And there's been, for two years now, a trade war. Now, that also reminds me of protectionism, which it is. And in, in an environment of protectionism, it's not great for the world or for the markets, right? It stops growth and world growth and everything else. Also, uh, it creates inflation. And the reason why is because everyone was importing cheap goods from China, right? White goods, you know, washing machines and whatnot. And they were all cheap and crap. And that was reducing inflation because inflation, white goods, white goods are in the, in the numbers, right? So if you start buying locally, it's going to be more expensive. And that certainly pushes the price up of everything, everything okay? Now, also we had today uh, weekly jobless claims for new entrants that are basically applying for benefits from the government because they can't find work. And apparently there's over 406,000 people, right? And this is every week. And what's weird about this is the US, you know, rhetoric keeps saying they can't find em employees, which is just doesn't make sense when there's so many people applying for benefits, right? And even the total jobless claims was 3.642 mil, which is seriously high when we've got prices going up by at least two and a half to three percent every month, right? Uh, and you know, they came up with a GDP estimate for the quarter of 6.4%, but something doesn't sound right here in Tukaruk, right? You know, you've got all these people applying first time, right, for home benefit, uh, for, for benefits because they can't find work. And yet on the other side, you know, you've got this rhetoric that there's plenty of jobs out there. So something doesn't seem right to me. I don't know. There's something not right here. Now, you've also got Biden talking about a $928 billion deal with the Senate on infrastructure and a $6 trillion deal. Uh, to boost middle classes and infrastructure. You know, he's trying to help them. But the money has to come from somewhere, right? He either taxes business or the people, or he basically issues new bonds into the market, US bonds, and he's got to find an investor like the Chinese. Now, the Chinese hold more than 50% of US bonds, right? And there's always a risk that they can sell those bonds and not buy any more because the US is quintessentially broke, okay? And I do not believe their credit rating at all. Now, also high yield is blowing out, which is another risk metric. Funding levels are blowing out. Interest rates are going up. The market is going up in terms of interest rates before the Fed does anything. And that's what the market does. It looks ahead, right? We're already seeing banks in Australia raise their lending rates. So if I get a mortgage from them, the fixed rates are going up, up, up. Okay, and that's why I'm saying to people, you should be fixing your mortgage, okay, seriously, uh, because rates are going to go much higher, okay. Even AAA corporate bonds in America are blowing out, and, you know, they were down 4% last night, which is a big move, okay, a big move. Now, Irania, Iran, Iran might export more oil, and this is why uh, oil came down last night, but it's still at 66.20, 66 bucks. Gold's at eighteen ninety five, and I do believe it's going higher. And silver's at twenty seven dollars and sixty six cents, right? Also, interest rates in the US ten year bond rates one point five seven and going up. I think the Fed is going to find it very hard.
to keep this this rate down, okay? They've been buying the 10 years, but I believe the market will sell into that because they don't believe the 10-year bond rate should be there, okay? Now, also, the US yen rate went up 109.184. Aussies at 77.45 at the moment. And COVID raised its ugly head in Melbourne, right? Uh, apparently, there's about nine cases in Melbourne, my hometown, where uh, the Indian people... Uh, you know, we have a lot of Indians in Melbourne and there's, they've found there's an Indian variant uh, of COVID, which apparently is much, uh, it's so much easier to get COVID apparently, like you can get it within one day of contact to someone that has COVID rather than the, the normal COVID uh, apparently, which, you know, it takes at least, you know, four or five days or something. So this variant apparently you can catch it a lot quicker than anything else, which, you know, so Melbourne subsequently has gone into another lockdown, a weak lockdown. And we, uh, us Aussies don't muck around, seriously. We lock everything down. You know, if there's something like that, uh, the Aussies will protect their infrastructure and their fauna. And I, and I figure, rightly so, you know, because seriously, uh, you know, we've got 80% of our animals are unique to that country and the fauna. So, now we and our our country is just beautiful. So there you go. Anyway, guys and girls, let's watch this tomorrow. As I said, I'm actively selling U.S. Nasdaq at the moment, tech stocks because if interest rates go up, tech stocks are going to get the hardest hit. Okay, but either way, the Dow is too expensive at thirty four four hundred thirty four thousand four hundred twenty two as we sit here now, and I do believe those markets have topped out. Double tops are in place and it's time to sell the equity market, okay? Absolutely. All right, my um, everyone, thank you, darlings, for listening. Babies in the woods and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I tell you what, the trading in crypto is going to be very interesting today and tomorrow, that's for sure. I think that's going to give me an idea to where this market's going to go. Thanks very much for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.